My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Let us punish the guilty. Let us reward the innocent. My friend, can your heart stand the shocking facts about... Hi friends, welcome to Why Bloody Valentine. I'm Rich and I'm here with Carolyn. Hi. And we just watched The Birds. Well, we did. You scared of birds now? No. Um, feels like we watched that movie for about 12 hours. It was actually a short movie though, wasn't it? No, it's two hours. Oh. Uh, so I guess we'll talk about the cast. Um, I kind of thought most people wouldn't be terribly recognizable. And they probably won't be for the most part for anybody since this movie was made in 1963. Yeah, I didn't know anybody. You did, and we'll get to it. Okay, well, I didn't know I know anybody. First up is Tippi Hedren in her first role as Melanie. So this was introducing her. Maybe people remember her from I Heart Huckabees. You ever see that? No. Okay, well, she was in that. I don't know. She was also an animal rights activist. She created the Shambhala Preserve, which at one point had Anton LaVey the um, founder of the Church of Satan, and Michael Jackson's Tigers as residents. All right. Wait, it had a dude as a resident? No, his tiger. But you, wait, what was the first thing you said? Anton LaVey's tiger. His tiger and... Michael Jackson's, Michael Jackson's tigers. Okay, so, okay. Next is Rod Taylor. You may remember that voice as Pongo from the original 101 Dalmatians. Hmm. Do you? I mean, I remember Pongo. He's been in a ton of films, including Inglorious Bastards and The Time Machine, both of which you've probably never seen. Nope. Wait, I've seen Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, but I don't think you've seen it in a way that you remember it. No. And, of course, we've got to talk about good old Jessica Tandy. Driving Miss Daisy? I read the book. Batteries not included? Cocoon? What? No. What about a little ditty called Fried Green Tomatoes? Yeah. Where she played Ninny Threadgood. Oh. And since we're on the subject of actors that we've previously covered on the podcast, Veronica Cartwright is Kathy, the little girl. Mm -hmm. She was in Alien, which we covered, and Candyman 2, which we will eventually. Haven't we watched enough Candyman? Never. We've never seen enough Candyman. So I'm actually a little surprised we got that much out of the cast. Uh, even more surprised, I cut it a little bit short, as there's a bit more we could delve into. But like I said, this movie is long as fuck. So we should probably delve into that instead. Okay, but the problem is, it was also boring as fuck. So Not helpful, okay, yeah. This is what happened. There were some birds, and they started pecking people, and then they, they left. Well, they didn't even leave. We'll get to the end, but the birds were still there. No, the people left. Oh, yeah. They, there were some birds, and they were attacking people, so they left, and now they're okay. Yeah. This the is the, end. This is the second two-hour movie we've covered in a row, 
So there's a real good shot. Next movie I'm going to pick based on its freaking runtime. Short and sweet. But we'll go over the numbers now since we're here. Okay. I'll pick something like um, The Green Mile when it's my turn then. Perfect. So The Birds was released in 1963. It's rated PG-13. It is 119 minutes long. There are zero boobs, obviously. I think there's four deaths. The the death counts in this are kind of weird because you don't actually know who dies. Like... The guy at the gas pump, did he die? I don't know. It didn't look like a killing blow, but he never moved again. Right. So, I don't know. And there then was... he kind of got blew up, so probably. Yeah, maybe, unless they got him out of there in time. I don't. It's hard to say. So, neither of us got jump scared because the movie isn't fucking scary. It might have been scary back in the 60s. It's not scary now. Well, it might have been scary to some people if they're scared of birds. Yeah, if you have a bird phobia, this movie's horrifying, but the vast majority of people don't have that. That's a rare phobia, I would imagine. <laughs> and yet, that's why you picked it. And I have five dead birds. I'm sure there were more dead birds. I can't imagine how many birds died making this fucking movie. Like, in real life, too, for real. Because yeah, there was I mean. a lot of fucking birds. Yeah, and some of them were real, some of them were fake. But there were plenty of real birds in this movie. So we start off with birds. Calling and flying. Smashing apart the names in the credits. Two minutes of it. Yeah, there was a lot of fucking credits. And it was two minutes of just birds calling and flying around. Um, Alfred Hitchcock is listed as the director twice. Well, it's, it's important. It's very important. You know, this is an Alfred Hitchcock movie. He is first and last in the credits. So on to the movie proper, Downtown San Francisco. This is the second San Francisco movie we've watched in a row as well. Birds everywhere. Someone whistles. Alfred Hitchcock makes his cameo walking his dogs out of that pet store. Mm-hmm. If you needed any reminder that this is an old movie, the, this really drives it home to you. The amount, of, the amount of credits. The credits, what it looks like in San Francisco. This fucking pet store looks like an old-time pet store. It was very obvious that this was an old movie. So Melanie is in a bird store. Like, it's a pet shop. She's in there to buy a bird. But it's very heavy on birds. This is a very, very heavy on birds pet shop. There's a couple puppies... And the two dogs that Alfred Hitchcock walks out with. But this is very heavy on birds. They're really driving home the point that this movie is about birds. Yeah. And she can specialty order birds. That was kind of weird. Yeah, and they get there the next day. I don't know where they come from. The bird warehouse in San Francisco. I don't fucking know where all these birds. So we meet a man looking for lovebirds. And and he's specifically not looking for lovebirds that'll fuck each other. He he wants more like friend lovebirds because he's Mm -hmm. buying it for his... Sister who is 11 years old. Yeah. And he is, I don't know, 50 fucking five. He wanted like birds. Yeah, he didn't want love birds. He wanted like birds. So he asked Melanie for help, and he's also lecturing her about keeping birds in cages, quizzing her on her general bird knowledge. She's, like, afraid of birds because she could not let that canary out. She Mm -hmm. couldn't get the canary out. She kind of let it free, and then he caught it. And she also does not work here, but she's pretending she works here. And he knows she doesn't work here. But he wanted to make her think he doesn't know she works there. It was strange because we could tell. Yeah. That he knew that she was lying. Mm-hmm. The whole movie. And she lies all the fucking time. And she thought she was selling it. Yeah. Yeah, he had her number. So he knows her name. Um, a little birdie told him. Ha ha. Uh, ha ha. Uh, that was probably so fucking funny in 1963. This movie's so old. Like, we do keep commenting on the age of the movie, and 
I don't I don't care. I like old movies. Carolyn is less forgiving when a movie's old, but I like old movies. Those graphics. They're effects, dear. Those effects. We're bad. Disgusting. Probably revolutionary for the time, though. Oh, my God. So fucking bad. I'm pretty sure at some points, some guy was, like, just throwing rubber birds at the camera. It, it was so bad. It was horrible. Um, she's apparently a merry prankster that breaks windows and shit. She gets into trouble. She's in the society pages. She's a socialite. She's a little rich girl. Yeah. She came down from her gilded cage because everything's a bird pun in this fucking movie. Uh-huh. This movie is basically like all those shitty animal disaster movies now, but it's not funny. It's like how Sharknado is funny. Sharknado is not funny. It's so dumb. And how Cocaine Bear is hilarious. Not hilarious. I beg to differ on that one. We had a good time watching Cocaine Bear. (sighs) So in the end, this dude was just pulling a shitty prank. But like I was saying, this is every shitty disaster movie, except it's not funny like them. And they're kind of trying to be serious here. Yeah. Uh, She takes down his license plate number and calls the newspaper to figure out who owns the vehicle. I wouldn't even consider calling the newspaper, but her dad owns the newspaper. Yeah. Still wouldn't consider calling the fucking newspaper. Be like, get me this. She calls her daddy for everything. Get me this guy's license plate, or get me this guy's name from his license plate. You work at the newspaper. So she is quite mischievous. Um, A prank involving lovebirds is a foot. A foot. A foot. A foot. Like she's gonna, she's gonna do this. Oh, a foot. Yeah. I thought you meant like it's a... No, not, not an how, actual foot. How is it... All right, I'm sorry. So next day... Prank is a foot. Gotcha. Um, sadly, Mitch is in Bodega Bay for the weekend. His neighbor makes sure to tell her every single thing about him, which is a theme in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody w- is very willing to give this stranger all this guy's personal information. Yeah, but it used to be like that. I guess. Like... We have no privacy now because of, like... The internet. Yeah. But we didn't really then either because everybody knew your shit and they'd tell everyone. Yeah, you just tell everybody. Like, he's at Badoggy Bay. He goes yeah. every weekend. He you lives there. didn't need to have, like, their their number and social security number and birthday and all that shit just to get any information. You could just be like, yo. And they'd be like, yeah. And it was it was weird, too, because the, the fucking neighbors, like, I would take care of the bear, but I'm all... Or the bird... But I'm also going on vacation. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, nobody asked. <laughs> Good for you, fuckface. And then he just kind of stands there for like five seconds and the camera's just on his face. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that shit in this movie. There's a lot of you can't hear them talking because yeah. there's so much fucking bird noise. Yeah, like the the subtitles literally say inaudible. Mm-hmm. There's parts of this movie that are like a silent film. It's fucking weird. Well, silent film, but there's also fucking bird noises, and the yeah. bird noises are on repeat. Yeah, and they're not birds. They don't making sound the like birds at all. No. So she's going to drive like a maniac to Bodega Bay. The birds were leaning in their cage because <laughs> of how bad she was. She drove like you drive. Like, I was getting car sick watching her drive. Well, they certainly showed her driving long enough for you to get car sick. Yeah. So Bodega Bay seems a little bit shitty. 
Like, this high-priced lawyer lives in this farmhouse in this kind of shitty place. Yeah, but it probably wasn't shitty back then. I, I, I think it was a little bit shitty, because at one point in time, there was, like, a house that fell down, and the remnants were just still there. Well, we have those right outside of our door. Very shitty here. I kind of dig it, though. There's, like, a little general store, some junky houses. I'd live in Bodega Bay. It's right by the we ocean. We live there. We don't have the ocean. We don't have the, the shit bay. Creek? That, the shit creek is a far cry from a bay of any sort, even Green Bay. You're right. Shopkeeper, like I said, very, very helpful. He gave the stranger directions to his house mm -hmm. and is ordering her a boat. Mm -hmm. She's very much got a princess complex, and she gets everything done for her. Yeah, and every, everyone indulges her because mm -hmm. she's pretty. Mm -hmm. So Mitch's sister's name is either Louise or Alice. According to these two buffoons at the general store, uh -huh. but they can't they can't confirm it. So the shopkeeper sends her on a wild goose chase to the girl's teacher's house to find out what her fucking name is. <laughs> you said goose chase. Yeah. Bird oh my god, I didn't even mean the pun. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's in my my blood right now. Bird flu. But this is why the movie's so goddamn long. None of this was necessary. I guess they had to introduce you to Annie. But what a weird way to get there. Oh, you want to know her name? Go to her teacher's house. You want to know the name of this random little girl, you fucking stranger that showed up. Yeah. In our town. Yeah, so let's give you the name of a specific little girl. Yeah. And everybody is willing to. Yeah. Those two shop not owners would have, if they could have figured out what the name is, the shop owners would have given it to yeah, her. not weird at all. Just let you stalk this little girl. Yeah, but since they can't, they send her to the teacher's house, which is also like, hey, thanks for giving up my address to a fucking stranger. Mm -hmm. That's also going to see my ex-boyfriend. Uh-huh. Perfect. Which, small town, they should have known that. Yep, and this is why this movie's so fucking lame, because they do obviously know everybody's business. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I, who am I to critique fucking Alfred Hitchcock, but we are like, we are 16 minutes into a movie with 10 minutes of stuff in it. Uh-huh. And the whole movie's like that. The entire fucking movie is like that. It's every scene is fifty percent longer than it needs to be. So her name is not Alice or Louise. It's Kathy, which is not close. No, not at all. There's no. not even an L. No, not even close. Yeah, I I just can't even imagine a stranger shows up at your house. You're a teacher. And starts asking about one of your students, and you're just like, oh, her name is Yeah, Kathy. one specific student. Yeah. You're not related to him. Well, she didn't even ask. She was just like, yeah, I want to know about this kid. If the fucking T-1000 got this kind of cooperation in Terminator 2, the movie would have been over in five minutes. Uh -huh. John Connor, dead immediately. <laughs> the 60s sure were a different time. So, Miss Hayworth seems kind of jealous that Miss Daniels is going to see Mitch. We don't know that they used to date, but it's pretty fucking obvious that yeah. something went on between those two. She's like, well, you know Mitch? How do you know Mitch? Oh, did you see Mitch's dick? You're going to see the little girl or you're going to see Mitch? By the time she gets to Mitch, someone is going to tell Mitch she is coming. Like, in this small town. Yeah. Because she's going all over the town talking to everybody about Mitch. Yeah. She sticks out like a sore thumb. Someone should have probably... Gave Mitch to Iggy, because he don't live that far away. He lives all the way across the bay. Right, but I mean, he beats her to the other side of the bay in a car when she has a boat. Well, there's one road. Right, and she has a boat, so she just cuts right across and doesn't do it. She said she wanted the boat in 20 minutes, but like, I didn't think it was going to be 20 minutes of the movie. 
thought they were going to well, do movie time. they wanted to be accurate. Yeah, I'll say, because I thought it was going to be 20 minutes of, like, they jump ahead 20 minutes in two minutes. Not, this is actually going to take 20 minutes. We're just going to actually do what she, what she does. So the boat is, in fact, like this shitty motorboat that she has to drive herself. I thought he was hiring her, like, like a, like a, a fishing boat or something. Like, that she... Doesn't drive. Someone was going to drive her? Yeah, well, especially once the, like, guy that gives her the boat is there. I thought he was going to drive her. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows how to do this. She's apparently very familiar with motorboats. I don't know. Well, he did everything except drive it. Yeah, he He did turn it it on for her. He got her in there and got her shit in there. So Mitch is outside, though, so she has to kill the motor and row herself in. Mm -hmm. Because he'd hear her. Uh, she goes right into his fucking house and delivers the birds. Yeah, not weird at all. Mm-mm, nothing about this movie's weird. Nope. It's all perfectly right standard stuff. She makes her escape, and she gets to watch Mitch enter his house and then run out to try to catch her. Sadly. And then run back in and get binoculars. Yeah, you get the binoculars because she can't start the boat. So he peeps her into binoculars before racing into town. And like I said, he beats her. Yeah, and he's smiling all big. He's having oh, a good time. He is so happy. Which is real dumb because he goes over there and just and just takes her back home. Like, why did she not just drive herself over there? Why did why did this all happen? Mm. Well, so he, dumb. she got hit in the head with a bird. Makes her bleed her own blood. He suggests a tetanus shot. Which why? Puncture wound from a bird. Do birds have tetanus? Puncture wounds. You don't. You can get tetanus from puncture wounds if it's a puncture from anything. I thought it was only metal. No. Why do people think that? Because of rusty nails? Yeah, I guess. No. It's because if you step on a nail, it's a puncture wound. Any sort of puncture wound can give you tetanus. Like bites or anything. Anything that is like a hole in your body. Okay, then. We find out Mitch is a lawyer and Melanie is just lying her ass off. Which lawyers can sniff that out, so... Right, he knows immediately. And she makes up, like, dumb lies. Like, you would... You could pro- Easily disprovable lies. She went to college with Annie, who obviously knows Mitch. She, she met like Annie... a toddler. Huh? She lies like a toddler. Yeah, she met Annie, so she has to assume Annie knows Mitch, because she had a lot of information about Mitch. So it's safe to say... He might know where she went to college or if she went to college. Right. Annie don't even know. She might even be from that small town. Right. Which means he went to school with her. Luckily, he's not. Or she's not. She's yeah. from San Francisco, too. But but Annie or um, Melanie didn't know that. Because mm-hmm. Melanie don't know this lady. She has so much and it's not well. No. And he just thinks she's into him. Which she is. She is. Yes. Um, Mitch's mom is a, like a lunatic, right? Yeah. He's a crazy person. And he invites Melanie to dinner, which the mom doesn't love, but accepts it. She also lied and said she was staying with Annie. Um, Annie is cool with this because she has a room for rent. Yeah, that was... Convenient? Yeah. And they didn't show that in the beginning either. No, I didn't see it at least. But I'm assuming maybe Melanie knew that. So, I would hope so. So at least that part of the lie. So just like, throw what else that in gonna... there, like, willy-nilly. That yeah, what else weird. would you do? Just beg? Annie, can I stay at your house? We go way back. Well, considering how this movie plays out, yeah, probably. But the lie falls into place, and we finally get to meet Kathy. She's extremely happy about her lovebirds. Something's wrong with the chickens, though, because they won't eat. We have about 
a two-minute one-way phone dialogue about the chicken feed with the chicken feed guy. Turns out Dan Fawcett's chickens won't eat either. There should be, uh, there could be a chicken sickness. I don't actually know what's up with the chickens not eating. Do they only eat people now? I don't know. Yeah, do you know why I don't know? They never go back to it and at they all. Never, they it never makes the chickens don't even make an appearance. Nope, they don't even tell you, and they don't tell you anything about like anything chickens that's are on. birds. So you'd think we'd see some chickens. Yep. No. Nope. Never that man, that man should have been killed by a flock of chickens. <laughs> they should have walked up his steps and killed him. So the Kathy girl is very opinionated. Mitch only knows hoods in San Francisco, according to her. He only hangs out with criminals. And she wants Melanie to come to her surprise party. She shouldn't know about it, but she does know every single detail. Yeah, well, it's a small town. Right. And these people can't keep a fucking secret. No. Mitch Mitch calls his mom dear and darling all the time. I'm assuming this is of the time. Yeah, that, that was weird. Because right now it's just fucking weird. It seems like he's fucking his mom. <laughs> like, that's what it seems like. Yeah. This man's fucking his mom. Just like, well, I don't know if he was fucking his mom, but Norman Bates and Psycho at least had an unhealthy obsession with his mother. Yeah. So I don't know what the fuck's up with Hitchcock and moms. There's actually some controversy about this movie because um, the actress that played Melanie, he, like, found her. Like, he discovered her. She was a model, and he put her in movies. Okay. And he signed her, like, a seven-year contract, but there's tons of stories about him just being an absolute fucking creep with her. Oh, God. And touching her and trying to get her to fuck him, which, when it comes to Hollywood at this point in time... Not surprising. I expect it every single time. These guys... Have the power to make and break people, and they use it for their penis at all times. So I have no, I would be surprised if it wasn't true. But even um, the guy that played Mitch said he picked up on it. Ew. Anyway, the birds. He's calling her out on her lies. He's also kind of a dick about the naked fountain jumping in Rome thing. And that, yeah. I, that was probably a much bigger deal back then. Also, I think he was kind of flirting with her. Like, he was, like, just picking on her, and she was getting kind of pissed. Yeah, well, he was a little overbearing, and he was, like, kind of keeping her there. Yeah. But I think you kind of expect this from a man back then. Honestly, a little lucky he didn't, like, just slap her. <laughs> so she goes back to Annie's, and Annie gives her some brandy. They really like brandy in this movie. It's the drink of choice. Annie knows the mom is kind of a bitch. And Melanie is clear about disliking Bodega Bay. Yeah. Annie, too, came up here for Mitch, we find out. And stayed, even though they they broke up. Yeah, it turns out Lydia was the reason things didn't work out with Mitch. She's afraid of being abandoned by Mitch. Annie moved up here after things ended with Mitch. So she didn't live there until they broke up because they used to see each other in San Francisco then, but she wanted to be close to Mitch, so she moved up there. Not weird at all. That is a red flag. Yeah. Nowadays, if someone tells you that story and you are like the love interest of the person they're talking about moving there for after they broke up, don't stay with them. Yeah, you know they're fucking crazy. They're going to kill you and put you in a freezer probably. Mm -hmm. You are a dead person. So it's super awkward. Um, Mitch calls his ex's house to speak with his new love interest. None of this, none of this seems like a good time if you're 
either of those two. No. And the way she's sitting there, I'm thinking, did she summon these birds? Yeah, we never know who summons the birds, sadly. Is that what happened? Someone summoned the birds? I don't know. I don't know where the fucking birds came from. They never tell you anything. So he's talked her into the party tomorrow, which Annie is also attending. And a bird crashes into Annie's door. Real slow build to the actual horror here. Yeah, real slow. Yeah. Well, everything about this movie, if I could describe it, is real slow. And it all happened over, what, two days? Yeah. And the movie is 48 hours long. <laughs> so they just showed everything they did for those two days. Yep. I'm mildly stunned there wasn't at least a 10-minute scene of one of them sleeping in a bed. Wait. This happened over the weekend. Why did the kid go to school on Saturday? I, I think it's... I don't think it's two days. I, I think it's more. Because I think she got there on Saturday... Stayed for the party on Sunday. The bird thing happened, so she stayed overnight at his house. Uh, so she got there Saturday, stayed at Annie's, went to the party Sunday, was gonna leave, slept at their house Sunday night. Uh, Monday was gotcha. when Bird Mageddon happened. Gotcha, gotcha. So we're at this fucking party, and Mitch is getting Melanie drunk. Um, classic, classic dude in the '60s move. Mm-hmm. Um, Baby, it's cold outside. He, yeah, and that's this guy. Um, he, we're back talking about fucking Rome for some reason. They talk a lot about something that does not matter at all mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, Melanie's mom left when she was 11. You could have got there without talking about Rome. Yeah. There was also kind of no reason to talk about that either. Uh, Mitch has an overbearing mother. Melanie doesn't have one at all. I think they were trying to say maybe Melanie acts out because she hasn't had a mother. Oh. The birds are attacking, though. They're making sounds. It sounds like a record scratching. It does not sound like it birds. It doesn't sound like birds. Every time they attack, it doesn't sound like birds. No, it never sounds like birds. Um, This is the third bird anomaly. So the first one was her getting attacked in the boat. The second one was the bird flying into the door, which... And sometimes these birds are really attacking and no one gets hurt at all. And then sometimes it just pokes them one time and they die. Yeah. That's why I have such a hard time with how many people died in this movie. Because it's hard to say. Like, Melanie should be dead. Yeah. Because of how attacked she got. So Lydia's trying to push Melanie out. Kathy and Mitch are trying to make her stay the night. This is when she stays when she wasn't planning on it. And suddenly, like, 200 birds come down the chimney and attack everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fucking birds. All at once. Yeah, all at once. It I thought they were like, bats at first. It wasn't like just one or two came and then the rest followed. Like, they all shot down the chimney. Yeah, it was It was, It was. was like a flash mob of birds. They escape and get the police involved. The cop is, like, fucking flabbergasted about what they want him to do about it. Yeah, well, what is? what are the cops supposed to do? Like, yeah. if you're going to call anybody, you should call animal control, not fucking cops and honestly if there's a thousand birds attacking you what the fuck is animal control gonna do that's true too i guess so melanie does stay um and lydia is going to visit mr fawcett in the morning he he she took the she took kathy to school and then went to visit mr fawcett he's the dude with the chickens that won't eat like her chickens so she lets herself in which is um just standard operating procedure in 1963 she notices some broken mugs so her heart starts to flutter a bit i think And Mr. Fawcett had his eyes torn out. How are the mugs broken but still hanging on those hooks? I don't know. Okay. 
You're going to get a lot of that from me when you ask me questions about this movie. Okay. So Lydia runs like a fucking lunatic <laughs> down the hallway. It is the weirdest run I've ever seen. And she doesn't say anything. It just says gagging noises. Yeah. She gags a bunch. She doesn't tell the worker that's right outside. Nope. She doesn't tell either of the human beings at the, her house. Nope. Just runs, gags, and gets drives it, away. Gets in bed. Goes home and gets in bed. Yeah. So, like, apparently she told somebody at some point. But we are 61 minutes into this fucking two-hour movie, and we got the first death. Mm-hmm. So when I say very slow, slow moving, that's this fucking movie. The last hour wasn't much better. So Lydia's home and crying. She refuses to tell anyone what happened. Mitch is going to Mr. Fawcett's. Melanie is staying. At some point, they've become a couple because they're hugging and kissing on the lips. Yeah, I even said, when did this happen? Yeah. Of all the shit, the mundane bullshit that they go over in this movie, they never even go over the fact when they're like, oh, yeah, let's date. It's not like they passionately started making out. They make out like they've been married yeah. for 20 years. Yeah. They went from her being like, I don't like you. Yeah, could barely stand him. To they Loving all over. They've been married for 20 years. Mm-hmm. It's like she kissed him before he went to the office. And she treats this child like it's his child. Yes. But it's actually his little sister. Yes. It's kind of weird. Yes. Lydia is worried about Kathy at school and she starts confiding in Melanie. Because Melanie brought her tea. She's about how weak she is, about how she lost her husband, about how she, she can't be alone. She can't relax or sleep. Yeah, she doesn't want to be alone. So yeah, you're you're right. He does like treat her like it's his daughter. Mm-hmm. So Kathy is Lydia's daughter. Mitch is her son. Mitch looks about ten years younger than Lydia. Like he looks about ten years younger than his mom. And he looks about 40 years older than his sister. Yes. And he also looks about 20 years older than Melanie. Yes. I regularly had a hard time not thinking that that's just her father. This whole movie. It's in my notes a couple times. Her father. Her father. The the brother. Yeah. Because he is 50. And he acts like he's her father. And he acts like a 50-year-old. Yeah. If you told me Mitch and Lydia were married, I'd believe you. <laughs> if you told me those two in this movie were married, I wouldn't even bat an eye. I'd be like, all right. Until you're like, oh, it's also his mom. I'd be like, ooh, Ew. Alfred Hitchcock, what are you doing? Yeah. But she does have a strange obsession with her son, which again, it's like the inverse psycho. Mm-hmm. Melanie is going to get Kathy because Lydia won't shut the fuck up about it. This turns out to be a good mood move. Lydia is very prescient here. And 10 whole minutes of this movie has got to just be Melanie piloting some sort of fucking vehicle. Yeah. She's constantly driving something. And then she got there and we watched her smoke this entire cigarette. Like, uh, yeah, like the whole thing. Like in real time. Yeah. D- d- <sighs> what? It was too long. It was too fucking long. The like, th- the- there was no talking. It was just, you saw a couple birds, she'd take a puff of her cigarette. You'd see a couple more birds, she'd take a puff of her cigarette. And it went like that for five fucking minutes. See, I... Okay, so I like the scene. The birds on the playground equipment is, like, iconic f- film, cinema stuff. But... It was too goddamn long. It was too long. It should be... You look over, there's two birds... Take one drag from the cigarette, look over, there's four birds. <laughs> like, take one drag from the cigarette, look over, there's 20 birds. Not, 
Take a look over. There's two birds. Take a puff of a cigarette. Look around a little bit. Stretch out. Take another puff of a cigarette. Repeat and repeat and repeat. Mm-hmm. That could have been 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it would have been just as effective. Mm-hmm. And you would have got the shot of all the birds, which, mm-hmm. is, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, it goes from... Four birds, five birds, seven birds to like a hundred fucking birds. Mm-hmm. But not that fast. No. Especially since you know what's happening. They don't need to build suspense because once the birds multiply the first time, you know what's coming. Right. They're planning an attack and Melanie realizes it. Melanie gets into the school just in time because Annie was about to send them out the recess without even looking to see mm-hmm. if there were birds out there. Um, That would be certain doom for them all. He said doom doomed they'd be doomed if they went out to that playground with all those birds Mm -hmm. doomed they were almost doomed anyway and they had a plan to get away from the birds it wasn't a good plan no stayed quiet the whole time and she's like run and then they have the loudest foot yeah i don't know it sounded like a like hooves from horses yeah yeah i was not sure if they ran away or tap danced away (laughs) It it was so fucking loud so so the plan is to do a fire drill and quietly sneak down the hill with your fucking elephant feet. Yeah. Because it was so loud. Either go home or go to the hotel down the hill. So the children running. This scene is what I remember from the Universal Studios 3D movie. I don't think there's a chance at hell as an eight-year-old I watched this whole entire movie in 3D at Universal Studios. I couldn't have. I don't think I could have watched this whole movie as an eight-year-old without falling asleep. That's what I mean. Especially like in Universal Studios. It was nighttime. Like This was the last thing we did for the day. There ain't no fucking no, way they showed this whole goddamn movie. I bet they showed like a 30-minute version of it. Mm-hmm. That is the version we should have watched. Yeah. Because that would have been way better. One girl falls and breaks her glasses, but Kathy and Melanie save her and take refuge in a car. Now, anytime Melanie takes refuge in something made out of glass, the birds don't get in somehow. Yeah, they break glass for everyone else. But not her. Yeah, they don't break glass in the car. They try to break the phone booth, but they can't. Her car is topless. Yeah, it's a convertible. It's a soft top, though. They do have a soft top. Which you'd think they would be able to get in easier. You would think. So hiding in the car somehow works. She honks the horn and the birds leave for some reason. Seems like they wouldn't. I think they were just ready to leave anyway. Mm -hmm. So the only thing to do now is call her dad, um, the newspaper man. To get the word out. He, like, don't believe her, of course, because this is fucking crazy talk. And there's some know-it-all... Well, she lies all the time. I'm yeah, sure she he does knows lie that. all the time. So you do have to take it with a grain of salt. She's like the girl who cried wolf. Yeah, except this time she's crying crow. And there's some fucking know-it-all lady at the restaurant. Birds, birds don't have big enough brain pans to plan an attack. What is a brain pan, do you know? I don't know, but she seems to be an expert, so we have to listen to her, I guess. Yeah. She thinks humans are the problem and birds only bring beauty. I think that's the point of the movie. They never spell it out, and there's really no subtext in the movie at all. If there's any, that's it, that the birds are attacking because humanity is taking nature for granted. Mm -hmm. But other than that line, there's no no proof of that at all. how is it Melanie's fault? Because somehow it is. And there's a crazy vagrant preacher guy. It's the end of the world. That's great. It starts with an earthquake. Birds and snakes. Airplanes. 
Uh-huh. Lenny Bruce is not afraid. Uh-huh. I have a hurricane. I'm not doing it. I'm Thank not you. doing it. Thank you. Every movie and should he's have. He's also drunk as fuck. Yeah. Well, every movie needs like a drunk doomsday preacher. I think they make every movie better. I like that. The few times I've actually seen one of them in real life, I I was it was I was just in my glory. I was so happy. But they're usually crazy people, so you also have to consider that. There's also a ship captain. Um, Goals nearly capsized his boat. So that's a problem if the birds are um, capsizing a boat. that happened before she got there, so. Yeah. I like the diner scene. Again, it's a little long, but every scene's a little long. I like how they have different characters from different backgrounds. I like the interplay between, like, the waitress, like, hey, can I get those fucking Bloody Marys already, mm-hmm. you stupids? And the customer and the customers. like, keep it down because you're scaring children. And, like, the cook coming out from the back, like, what's going on with the birds? Mm-hmm. I like the scene. It's the second best scene in the movie. The only other scene in the movie I liked. Everything else was either just average or forgettable. Uh, know-it-all lady thinks we'd lose a war with the birds. I completely disagree. If the birds went to war with us, we would win the war against the birds. Why? Well, because what are fucking birds going to do? We'd shoot them all. How? With There's bu- millions of them. There are a lot of bullets in this country alone. You can't shoot a bird. I can shoot a fucking bird. With a shotgun? Oh, yeah. Shoot the fuck out of a bird. Kidding me? If there's a hundred birds attacking you, you're going to be able to defend yourself. Well, one on a hundred, I don't think... I don't think we I'm, I'm saying we'd lose some we'd lose some some good citizens. But I think once the military gets Especially involved, people, we would eradicate the bird problem pretty quickly. People that are scared of birds, they're just shooting wildly. They're going to shoot people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there'd be casualties, but I think in the end we'd prevail against the fucking bird army. Okay. Like how many ducks could you beat up? I don't know. I don't want to beat up any ducks. Well, I don't want to either. But if they were attacking you. I think I'd stand more of a chance with the finches. Well, yeah. What the fuck's a finch going to do with you? I don't know. A lot of the birds are like that. That's the ones that were coming down the the chimney. I think once the authorities got involved and we started realizing there actually was a problem with the bird war, once we knew there was a bird war, we would turn the tide pretty quick. We'd poison them. We'd fucking shoot them. There would be no birds left. (laughs) We would kill all the birds. We're trying to kill all the birds now just by living normally. Stormy's trying to kill all the birds. Yeah, yeah, that's another thing you have to think of. We'd let the cats out. We'd have our cat army to go after the birds. We have a lot of options here. Police think the Fawcett bird murder was just a robbery gone wrong, which, what are these fucking cops? There's dead birds all over the place. You think they just came in here and killed themselves because their fucking buddy was dead or what? It's just a coincidence. Yeah. For his part, Mitch is all in it. This is a bird war. Mm Mm-hmm. And just then the goals start attacking again. They fuck up some dude at a gas pump and gas is flowing everywhere. What a fucking Rube Goldberg disaster this is. There's so much gas going down the street. Has there ever been a gas pump that doesn't stop when you stop squeezing it? Maybe back then. I don't know. I would think you would have to, to get it to go. Mm-hmm. But no, not this one. Maybe he had that little clickier, clicker thing on. I use that at the gas pump all the time. Yeah. But I don't know if they had those back then. I don't know. So some the dude lights a cigar, the drunk dude from the diner, um, blows himself and the gas pump up. Yep. And the birds go crazy. Yeah. They seem to really like the fire. And the light and everything like that. Yep, they dig it. 
Birds love to see it. Melanie locks herself in the phone booth for some reason, which, again, I think this is a bad place to be. Why did she leave in the first place? Why'd she go to the phone booth? I, I, I don't know, because they were perfectly safe inside there. Why yeah. did Like, she went in the phone booth and then just went right back in the diner. Yeah. Why? Where everyone was fine. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's just complete anarchy in Bodega Bay. Mitch saves Melanie and takes her into the restaurant where she should have just stayed. And then everybody's mad at her. Yeah, everyone is mad at her. They're blaming her for some reason. Someone screaming she is evil right in her face. And she just fucking smacks them. Which she deserved. You don't get to scream in people's face like that or you yeah. get hit. Yeah. Talk shit, get hit. Is that how it goes? Well, in that scenario, fuck yeah. So the birds just leave. Like, we cause enough havoc. Yeah, they're just done. I don't know. Like, I don't know if they get tired or if they need to, like, form a new battle plan since this is a bird war. But they really seem to leave when they're winning a lot. Yeah. Like, they seem to be like, all right, retreat. We're winning. We don't want to kill all of them. They'll be on to us. The crows are still at the school, and Annie is dead in her in her front yard. Were you sad? Yeah, I was kind of sad. I mean, she was pining after this dude, so she was not living a happy life. No, but out of the character, no character is developed in this. No. I don't really like any of them. No. I don't really dislike any of them except the mom. Really. I just don't care about any of them. Mm-hmm. Annie was the one that got closest for some reason because she was so weird. She was so cool about this shitty situation. Yeah. But you could also see her staring off like she had fucking PTSD. Like she was having Vietnam flashbacks. Mm-hmm. When she was on the phone, mm-hmm. she's like looking off into the distance. She was sad. Smoking her cigarettes. So, yeah, I kind of liked her, and she dies a hero. Uh, Mitch is so mad he's going to throw a rock at the birds, which really seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, that wasn't smart. Holy fuck. Melanie stops him because she has her head on her shoulders at this point. Uh, She also makes him pick up Annie's corpse and take it into the house. That's a bit much. That's his ex-girlfriend. He has a close relationship with this woman. She's dead, though. I I know, but you don't want to carry her corpse around. Like, if I die, you want to carry me around? No. No, you don't, because it's fucking weird. She's Plus dead. I can't. I, I know you can't, weight. but if you could. If you had, like, a, a fucking... Just fucking drag you in there? Yeah, would you want to do that? No. Or would you just want to leave me there? And You're have... already fucking dead. What does it matter? Let the birds eat you. Finish you off. Yeah, that's what I want. A Tibetan sky funeral. You just put me on a mountain and let the animals eat me. Okay. As long as I don't have to carry you there, I guess. Yeah, you won't. So they have to walk past the crows again to get to the car. It's a soft top convertible, as we went over earlier. Almost might be better to just go into Annie's house. I don't know. This does work out for him, but I don't think that would have been my first choice. got to get back to his mommy. Yeah, I guess. But that's when we find out Annie sacrificed herself to save Kathy. So she died a hero. Mm-hmm. Really the only hero in this movie. Because mm-hmm. there's no resolution. So there's no hero. There's not even really a villain. Because... The way this movie ended, I was just like, wait, that's it? Yeah, and not in a good way. Like, it's wow, that's over? it? It's over already? No, yeah. it was, that's it? Did I just sit here for that? For two hours? Yeah. And that's it? Because it didn't end. This highly regarded... It just stopped. This highly regarded piece of cinema, archived by the Library of Congress, regularly one of the top 100 films ever made. It just stopped. That's it? Yeah. That's what happened? It's real dumb. So we're back to the farm. Mitch is boarding up the windows like it's a fucking hurricane or a zombie apocalypse. Uh, Somehow the... he boarded up the attic. Yeah. Windows when his 
ladder. He was at the top of it, the second floor. Mm-hmm. But somehow the attic ones were already done. Yeah. Also, um, he's using just like scraps of shit he found. Yeah. Which all seemed to be the perfect length and that he needed, except that last one was fucking five feet long that he put across. How did all the rest of them? Yeah, they're all good. Whatever. Yeah. So the phones are down. I don't know if the, I guess the birds did that. They're they're like Michael Myers. They just cut the phone lines. They cut the electricity at and one point. Later they cut the power. I'm I'm assuming maybe there's just too many birds on the phone lines. Too many birds on the power lines. They collapsed them. Hmm. I don't. I that's. I don't think that's true. Hmm. <laughs> but at least it's plausible. When there's a hundred thousand birds in the bird war, some phone lines are going to get overloaded. I mean, they're breaking windows. Maybe they're pecking the lines or hurting the lines as they're breaking in the house. I mean, they're pecking through doors and shit. Yeah, I know, but I don't think they have the brain pan to cut the phone lines. I don't think they were like, oh, this is a phone line. Let me cut that. There's just thousands of us and we're breaking everything to get in here. Yeah. Lydia did pick up something on the radio from San Francisco, but it's just like a minor blurb about the attacks. Mm -hmm. And it was what she told her dad. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Lydia is being just a fucking pain in the ass. Screaming at Mitch, who's the only one doing anything that he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. why, well, lady, why don't you fucking do something? Is that bitch moaning all the time? Yeah, you pain in the fucking ass. Around crying. Yeah. And somehow Kathy wants her fucking lovebirds all the time in this movie. I would never want to see another bird. I would yeah. go in that kitchen and kill those lovebirds right in the fucking garbage disposal. Because <laughs> who knows what they're fucking planning? They're inside. They're moles. Why did the child randomly vomit? I don't know. I guess she was just so stressed out. She's like one of our kids. Yeah, because we sit in a quiet room for about three minutes yep. with nothing going on. No, nothing is happening. Nothing. They're, They're just n- sitting there. No one's talking or anything. There's no noise. Everyone's bored, including us. Yeah. Nobody then, is Nobody is more bored than us. And then the point. child's like, I'm going to throw up. And she's like, okay, I'll go with you. And so we hear her throw up. She comes back and they still sit there. And I was just, I was just thankful for the respite from the silence, (laughs) even if it was a child puking. Like, thank God. Because there's no music in this movie. So weird. No music. None. On per, like, obviously on purpose, they made the fucking movie. But people look at that as like this revolutionary thing. The tension of real life. No. Music, a score, a score in a movie is better. That's why they exist in basically every fucking movie. Because it's better than not having one. I If I want to fucking see real life without a score, I'll just live. <laughs> like, I'll just do what I do all the time. Except when I'm playing music. And you'll be bored. Yeah. So we're back to the living room and we finally hear some chirping in the distance. I was like, thank God these birds are going to put us out of our misery. And it gets louder. Uh, Mitch is loading the chimney with firewood and... Strangling some birds because one of his fucking barricades on the window didn't do so good. Because it was like a door. Yeah. That opened. So he put a... What was that? It, he broke the lamp and used the cord. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's strangling birds and everyone else is paralyzed by fear. And He is single-handedly, literally, with one hand through a hole, wrestling a million birds. Yeah. He's strangling them and fucking smacking him off mm-hmm. shit with one left hand yeah i mean he does get cut up but he it's it's great 
they're starting to get through the door and the lights go out. And just like that, they leave. They're like, well, fuck it. I can't see in the dark. At this point, I'm like, oh, maybe we're actually going to get some answers and figure stuff out. Like, oh, they are attracted to light and not darkness. And I don't know, but they still, no, no. They did allude to that. Maybe it's the lights that are attracting, but there's lights everywhere. I don't, I don't, they gave us no answers. This is so dumb. There's no point in this whole fucking movie. So they, they, the birds do leave, like I said, and we go back to just sitting in a room. It's perfect. Everyone is asleep, except for Melanie, who for some ungodly reason turns on the flashlight and starts wandering around. Yeah, she can hear ruffled feathers. Well, obviously, that's what that... What, what, you know what that is. Don't fucking open the door. Yeah, what are you doing? She heads She heads upstairs with the flashlight. Um, There's fluttering behind the door. Mm-hmm. So let's go in and shut yourself inside. During the, bird, so smart. during the bird war, fluttering behind the door means don't open the door. Yeah. This isn't even like a well-planned ambush. So They're dumb. like, we're in here. So the room is obviously full of fucking birds and there's a huge hole in the roof. So they couldn't get through like the door, but they did blast a massive hole in the fucking roof of this house. Mm-hmm. Must have been a weak spot. Yeah. They probed the defenses of this home until they found a weak spot. Mm-hmm. Mitch manages to drag Melanie out of the room, but she has she has no business being alive. No. She was attacked so much after he found her and finally got her at, like got the door open. She should have been dead from that, let alone that and she everything that happened before. She was laying and blocking the door, so he had to push her body away from the door and get her out. And not a single bird no. flew out that open door. No, none of them. They all stayed in that room. Mm-hmm. Attacking her the whole time at the door, but yeah. never flew out. Yeah, Melanie's dead. Like I... She no business. She should have been dead. No, if anybody else died from the birds, except for maybe that fucking Mr. Fawcett or whatever the hell his name was, who had his fucking eyeballs ripped out, she should be dead too, if mm-hmm. anybody else. Because she, she looked like she was in shittier shape than Annie. Yeah. So Kathy runs for medicine. Uh, in this case, it's Brandy. Because they love the Brandy in this fucking movie. Mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock must love Brandy. Mitch is going to get them out of there because Melanie needs a hospital. Besides, the birds are in the house. They've got to get the fuck out of there now. Mm-hmm. There's so many fucking birds outside. They're just chilling. It's a sea of birds surrounding the house. You can't even see the ground. It's all no. birds. All birds as far as the eye can see. They're not fucking with Mitch, though. They're also not flying away. They don't fucking care. No. You just wander around them. They give him some little pecks, but they aren't actively trying to kill him. So he's in the car. Um, Bodega Bay is surrounded by roadblocks. And the attacks are happening in two other places. This leads me to believe that they can't get out of Bodega Bay because yeah. there's roadblocks. But why would they keep the people in? I think they have roadblocks to keep people from coming into Bodega Bay. Well, I hope so. To get attacked. Because they said most of the people evacuated, but there's still a few groups that did not. So they're probably trying to get those ones out. I'm assuming that's why they surrounded that house, because they were some of the few people that were left, not because Melanie brought the birds. Right. Garage door open, car started, creeping slowly. Um, it didn't the seem like the quietest car in the history of the It was world. almost like he just put it in neutral and rolled the fuck out of there with yeah. it. So I didn't think they were going to fit in this small vehicle, but it's bigger than it looks. That's what and she said. It's bigger on the inside. So it's time to load up. Melanie is rightfully freaking the fuck out during this walk. She 
is going to need therapy. Yeah. Uh, Kathy is still in the doorway because she wants to bring the lovebirds. Once again. Why? I don't know. She loves those lovebirds, but... They didn't hurt nobody. No. There there were things I would have changed about this ending. Um, Oh, yeah. By the way, that's it. That's where it ended. They drove away. Well, Lydia holds Melanie. She finally has a mother's love, so she gets some... She gets some emotional attachment with Lydia and the love of a mother. They slowly drive away. Yeah, the the birds are loud, but they're staying put, and that's the end. That's the end of the movie. You don't know why the birds did it. You don't even really know what happened to these fuckers. Nope, you don't know. Did did the birds decide to attack the soft top because they could get through a roof? Yeah. They can break windows. Yeah. But this canvas that is covering this car, nope, they're fa- they're safe, they're fine. Yeah, and some people will say, "Oh, it's the not knowing that makes this movie so scary." That's shit you say when when you have nothing to defend. It's it wasn't scary. It, wasn't it scary. was dumb. I shouldn't have all these questions. Like, it's one thing to have questions when there's a bunch of subtext to a movie. Like, oh, did this mean this? Did this mean that? This was, like, pretty fucking straightforward what this movie was. The birds are attacking people. And And we got so many details of shit that we did not... It didn't matter. And we got no information about what the entire movie was about. The mom didn't need to be in this movie at all. No. Really? Useless character. The only... The only... The only justification for having that character in this movie at all is so she can hold her, her at, the, at end, the end. So she can get a mother's love for once in her life. Yeah. Did not need to be in the movie. And they did. They spent so much time setting up the need for these characters to be in the movie. Like, Annie needed to be in the movie. The teacher? Because mm-hmm. you're going to go to the school. And she has to be a hero. Yeah. Probably didn't have to spend... 15 minutes of the movie setting it up though no probably could have just introduced there they could have bumped into each other at the store <laughs> that would have been sufficient she could have been shopping and the shopkeeper could have said hey Annie mm-hmm. what's that girl's name yeah oh there's the teacher she would and then they name. could meet and have so this might be controversial what I'm about to say here this movie's not good no it's not a good movie I did not expect this to be a bad movie <laughs> I expect to be like, yes, fuck yeah, Hitchcock. I've seen this movie before, but it's been a very long time. 20 years, 25 years, something. Probably the last time I saw it was at Universal in 3D, and that doesn't even count, because apparently it was a different movie, and it was in 3D, and I was at fucking Universal Studios with my grandparents. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely watched this on TV before, and it probably also was shorter or something, the TV version. Because this, this, it's not good. No, it wasn't good. There's no resolution at all, no explanation, nothing. It's it's long, and most of it's boring. You did a terrible job. And you know what? You deserve it, because you were trying to pick on my girlfriend, and you were trying to, to bully her because she has a phobia of birds, and that's what you get. Yeah, I was trying to be an asshole, and I got assholed. Mm-hmm. And uh, myself in the process. Yeah, I'm you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I said we don't force anyone to watch the movies on this podcast, and we did not force her to watch the movie. No, he but I did force you to watch the movie, and for you that, always I force me to watch. The for movie. that, I apologize. I cannot believe I, this movie. I cannot believe it. How bad I. Well, you owe me next movie. week. I I could see people like so. We're talking about then, okay? When the movie came out, mm-hmm. I could see the people liking this movie for the effects, 
And maybe it was a little more tense back then because you didn't have fucking like you said about Cujo, 50 years of horror that could really happen or something. That's more... That's at least somewhat realistic, though. Cujo is not realistic, but you could see a dog getting rabies and fucking with you and possibly... Dogs do kill people. Yeah. Like, that happens. Flocks of birds don't kill people? No. No, no they don't. <laughs> Generally, no. I don't think so. I don't think they do. Maybe pterodactyls killed fucking cave. Yeah, see how many people are killed by birds every yes, year. Yes, how many people are killed by flocks of birds? I can't wait to fucking hear this. But everybody has been scared of someone's dog. Everyone's met somebody that has a dog that makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. I've never met somebody whose bird's like, oh shit, there's that fucking bird again. One of these days. The only bird I ever met that... I I reasonably thought could beat me up as the fucking pirate parrot. Oh my god, Rich. Okay, this is only telling me how many people would die from the bird flu. I don't think birds kill anybody every year. Hmm. I'm gonna have to do some more searches when I'm not on the clock. But like I said, I could see people liking this movie for the effects, which were probably somewhat groundbreaking at the time, but this movie fucking stinks. I won't even criticize the brutal effects because, like I said, it was probably cutting edge back then. It's probably the best they could do. I can look beyond that. I'm not going to criticize them for throwing fucking rubber birds at the camera and having I'm not robot criticizing birds. it. They, I'm sure they did do a good job for back then. I'm criticizing you for making me watch old-ass movies because mm. now we know better and can do better and I shouldn't have to suffer. We rarely watch old movies. This is the oldest movie we've watched. The second oldest would be Manos Hands of Fate. Which was the fucking worst movie that you made me watch that year. Yeah, and it's probably the worst movie I've made you watch, and I don't think it has anything to do with when it was made. I think... I'm just saying, those two are the oldest, and those two are the worst ones you've ever made me watch, so maybe you should stick to some newer shit. Yeah, um, we're probably not going to delve back into the 60s for a little bit. Good. Just, I just can't believe this fucking movie. Blah, blah, blah. We're afraid of what we can't control. Blah, blah, blah. Birds are attacking humans because fucking humans are destroying nature. So let's just leave the the county and it'll be fine. Because, you know, <laughs> birds, they just stay right there. Yeah. Yeah, they just stayed. Explain nothing. There's no subtext. What there is is paper thin. It's that lady saying that shit that one time. And I love Alfred Hitchcock. I have a psycho tattoo on my fucking arm. This isn't, like, me being a hipster, like, the birds suck. I like popular stuff, too. I'm unabashedly just like what I like. I'm not trying to be too cool for school here. I fucking love Vertigo. I love Rope. All of it. I'm not saying it's bad because it's old, because I like old movies. The movie is bad. The acting is super wood, and everyone is so stiff this whole fucking movie. The pacing is so tedious. It is torture. Yeah, it sucks. Good job. The birds attack and not attacking is never explained. You don't even know why they do that. Um, I think we get a happy ending. Do we? I Maybe. I honestly, I would have preferred a sad ending. Those two fucking lovebirds get out of the cage and kill everyone in the car. Would have been better than that ending. <laughs> that would have been better. So it is fabulously popular, this movie. It has a 94% critic score and an 83% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like what you like, but I don't fucking get it. 
I maybe I'm wrong. It's probably just because it was a classic, and you know how they got those old people are. Yeah, either I'm missing something, or this movie lives off the boomer reputation and nothing else. Because I don't get it. I mean, I get the movie. It's the easiest movie to get. I don't get why People this is like so well loved yeah. no. at all. And I, I even went into this picking this movie. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch this again. I fucking love Hitchcock. Sorry. I am. If you, you wa- should be. If you watch this movie for the podcast, I <laughs> personally <sorry>. <laughs> apologize to you. If you like this movie and you watch it because of the podcast and you disagree with what I'm saying, please try to explain to me what don't I missed. Don't explain to me, though, because... No, don't explain to Karen. She don't give a fuck. I don't care. She doesn't even want to remember this movie exists. Nope. This is the classic people like this movie because you're supposed to like this movie movie. That's what this is. It made $11.4 million on a budget of $3.3 million, which in 1963 is a big That's fucking a success. Money, yeah. It's a lot of fucking money. So yeah, I don't get it. Like I, There were two things I liked. The diner scene and the crows amassing in the schoolyard, which is a classic scene. Mm-hmm. And, but even that needed a little bit of trimming. So where do you rank it? Last. Last? I don't even have to look at my list. You like you like Chopping Mall more than this? Well, at least it had fucking boobs. Yeah, that's true. They could have threw a set of tits or two in here. Really improved it. I gave it a 2.5 out of letterbox just because it is like the effects were revolutionary for the time. Okay. That's it, though. It's not like you asked my opinion on that anyways. Um, God, I am so disappointed. <laughs> when when the movie was over, did you think this is the way it was going to go for me? I never know with you. I don't know if you enjoy things or hate things until you say it. So you didn't, you didn't. I didn't know. Expect me to eviscerate this fucking movie. No. I hated it. I'm probably going to go back to Letterboxd and give it a two. I hate it more than <laughs> when we finished it right now. That's funny. I'm so mad. So disappointed. So do you have anything else to add? A yawn. You you fell asleep right after this movie. Yeah. Right to sleep. You went right to sleep. Well, I was struggling to stay awake because it was so fucking boring. I was too. It was so boring. So at least you got a nappy in. Yep. That's a positive of watching the birds. Put me right to sleep. Say goodbye, Carolyn. (laughs) Goodbye, Carolyn.